This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky, and as always, I am joined by Nick Horwat, and the Pittsburgh Penguins have just kept on rolling. Last episode was the first in a long time that we got to talk about strictly wins, and the Penguins continued that trend on Monday night with a 3-1 victory over the Winnipeg Jets, so we will be breaking down that game to start off this episode, then we have a couple discussion questions, and then we're going to close off this episode like we do every Thursday episode with our shoutouts and callouts. But first and foremost, Horwat, happy Thanksgiving to you and happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners tuning in on American Thanksgiving. I guess I should say our Canadian listeners already had Thanksgiving about a month ago, but happy Thanksgiving to all of our American listeners. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy better Thanksgiving. It Ooh. comes at a better time. Well, I guess I shouldn't say it comes at a better time considering people celebrate Christmas long before they celebrate Thanksgiving in the States. But anyway, um, <clears throat> no, I mean, it's they, Canada just, have, just has nothing to do in November now. I guess they got Remembrance Day and everything, but um, hey, Thanksgiving is Thanksgiving, fam. You need it, it gets dull, especially in Canada. They need that little get-together like we have just in the middle of Halloween and Christmas. It's nice. I call it the fancy dress-up holiday. Really? Because I wear sweatpants almost all day. Oh, see, you don't <laughs> do it right then. Man, you don't. Uh, you gotta. You always have to look fresh. You always have to look good, especially on holidays, get-togethers, whatever it may be. Um, but like Christmas, same thing, except you're allowed to wear ugly sweaters. So it's just the nice pants, a nice pair of shoes, get the hair done up good. I don't know. I, I like getting dressed up for things, so I use Thanksgiving as a hell of an excuse. And also... Uh, Megan and I had our first little Thanksgiving uh, living to get while living together yesterday. Uh, we made food for about five people for the hey, two of us. Plenty of leftovers. And she went home for Thanksgiving and didn't take any of it, so it's all mine. And I'll probably be getting more during my family's Thanksgiving that this that this uh, comes out on. So. Hey, I'm going to be fat and happy for the next couple of days. I mean, as is most people across America, that is what Thanksgiving is, is you shove your face until you cannot eat anymore, and then you put it in the refrigerator, so whenever there is just a modicum of space left in your stomach, you go shovel down more turkey. That is the entire point of this holiday at this point. That and watching football. Are there any good football games? I think we discussed this we, last we time. Will, we will Remember? definitely get into that when we get to the shout-outs and call-outs section. I, I, Ooh, I will tease okay. that as much. But let's get into the Penguins talk right now because the Pittsburgh Penguins are riding high on a three-game win streak after a really dominant Canada road trip. And we'll talk about the entire road trip as, in a little bit. But on Monday night, they defeat the Winnipeg Jets by a score of 3-1. to one. It did not look good. Right out of the gates, the Winnipeg Jets started off really hot. I mean, basically the entire first half of the game, they were dominating the Pittsburgh Penguins, keeping the Penguins away from the front of the net. Connor Hellybuck had a couple of opportunities that he faced, mainly against Jake Gensel, but most of the time it was a first opportunity. There were no rebounds given up. The Penguins were losing puck battles. It, it did not look good, and it got a little bit worse whenever Dominic Toninato made it one to nothing in favor of the Winnipeg Jets, and at this point which we've mentioned a couple times on the show, 
at that point, the Penguins had not won a game after conceding the first goal of the game. So obviously that's a little bit of foreshadowing. Most people know how the game ended, but that ended Tristan Jari's shutout streak as well. At 160 minutes and 14 seconds, he was not able to beat his own record, but still, nonetheless, a really good run for Tristan Jari. It's hard to break your own record, is it not? It's and hard to break it's... any record, really. Yeah. Plus, uh, well, t- I mean, we don't have to. That's not a break record we have to break. We're not worried about shutouts. And granted, they're great and they give you wins, but we're all, we are worried about what we inev- we ended up getting anyway, which is a big fat mm-hmm. W. Um. Yeah, winning that game was huge. I watched your stream again. Phenomenal Thank job. You. I was going to pop on. I was for some reason so exhausted <laughs> after work. I couldn't keep my eyes open watching your stream not that you were boring but i'm sitting at my desk and just i put my head down a couple of times like i'm tired for some reason uh maybe because it was an 8 30 start but yeah next time you do a stream everyone keep watching those are phenomenal uh phenomenal streams but yeah no we're not worried about the shutout streak it's cool that he was able to go on it he already holds the record it's hard to break your own but you do always want to one-up yourself um but yeah, just keeping the puck out of the net for that long is it's hard to do no matter what skill level of goalie you are i think uh but the fact he was able to only give up one he rebounded from it he did a jari did a great job in net on uh day was monday. tuesday monday we are yeah monday. yeah he he played phenomenally basically all night he he played really well he was my number one star of the game he stood on his head for that early portion of the game later in the game the penguins were able to give him some help both offensively and as well as in the own zone, kind of just shutting down the Winnipeg Jets offense, which was coming into this game, a really good offensive team. And you look at their top six, they're as good as basically anybody in the NHL. But the Penguins luckily were able to rebound in the second period. Evan Rodriguez made a really nice play to set up Jason Zucker and tie the game at one. That was Jason Zucker's first goal in 11 games. So nice to see the Clash of Clans character be able to go out and get his first goal in almost a dozen games. There's another Penguins player that is on a uh, goal drought that we'll talk about after we finish discussing this game, but nice to see Jason Zucker put the puck in the back of the net. Clash of Clients character. We found the other cartoon he looks like, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, he looks like a bunch of... Uh, I mean, he doesn't look like the Tasmanian Devil. He just kind of plays like him. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of hard to look like the Tasmanian Devil. I mean, it, it, <laughs> I'm sure there's somebody that does. Ovechkin comes well, close. a lot of people skip leg day and do a lot too many arms. So that's that's basically what the Tasmanian Devil looks like, isn't it? Are we talking about Brock Lesnar? Is yes, that what this exactly is? what we're talking about is Brock Lesnar. But uh, no, it was nice to see Jason Zucker score. It didn't feel like it had been 11 games. I mean, just because I feel like the the compete level that he has. I mean, I've I've really enjoyed watching him play this season. Last year was a down year for him. We talk on last episode about you know where he should be when Malkin comes back. I still believe the third line is probably what's best for him because it seems like he has the most energy on this entire team out of anybody. That's, that's fair, and that's it comes with the mustache, I guess. But <laughs> he's a. It could also just be that chemistry he's building with Jeff Carter. I didn't see. Did he get? Was Carter credited with an assist? Uh, he was not. It was Evan Rodriguez and John Marino. Okay. Still, I think that's a solid third line, regardless of um, <clears throat> who plays with them on the other wing. Zucker and Carter's pretty solid. That's mm-hmm. a good veteran presence third line, and it's a, it's not your shutdown third line, but that's what our fourth mm-hmm. line does. And just doesn't have to be that third line. They're 
the fourth line that can get it done for a couple extra minutes if you need to. Sure, you take a few minutes away from Carter by doing that, or uh, Zucker by doing that, but I don't think that's the end of the world. He's, like you mentioned, he's got the most energy. He's able to make good use of the time he's being given. And I think that's going to speak volumes no matter what line he ends up being on. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think there's a lot of people that are still saying Jason Zucker is kind of trade bait in Pittsburgh. And realistically, I mean, if there's anybody, maybe Jason Zucker. But I don't know if there's anybody on this team right now that's trade bait. I mean, I haven't heard anything to the contrary of the fact that I haven't even heard anything about the Penguins looking for a trade partner right now. Yeah, and that's one of the things I was talking about. It's just you don't know if you, – obviously a trade has to happen. At some point, you would imagine. We just – <clears throat> yeah, it's just inevitable usually. But you just don't know who it would be. We don't know what it would be for. There's been – it's been a weird – like, throughout the league, it seemed like there hasn't been too many trade rumors except for Brock Besser this morning. And JT Miller has been in a, in the rumor mill a lot too. He's been there for a while, though. That's different. Because we discussed last season, like, you know, Pedersen's the big one. Well, we – now nothing. Now we just mm-hmm. don't know. I mean, granted, he still could be one because we kind of have a weird surplus of defensemen, but um, when you realize Chad Ruedel's the one that is in regularly, how much of a surplus really is it? Are guys like Joseph and or Friedman uh, actually ready? Our defensive core is weird, so who knows exactly, but um, yeah, Pedersen's been pulled from that list pretty yeah. much. I mean, Pedersen's been probably the best defensive defenseman for the Penguins this year. I mean, I, I have to look at the analytic numbers, but eye test-wise, I feel like he's played a lot better than definitely Brian Dumlin, who has had a good couple of games, and he played pretty well in Winnipeg. But overall, I think Marcus Pedersen, and, and maybe even John Marino, who's like quietly putting together a really good season. I mean, those two guys have been really good for the Penguins on the blue line. Exactly. So, like, Pedersen's been pulled off that list. Putting Zucker on it again, it's not shocking. I feel like that's a player that, if he's able to pick up, you can get a lot of value for. Yeah. Um, but again, we're not saying, hey, trade him because we need value. We're just saying it might just become the one that makes the most sense all of a sudden. And who knows? Maybe you trade him for, I mean, maybe picks and prospects to try to refill the cabinet. If you see a guy like Valtteri Pustinen continuing to play well in the AHL and you think, yeah, he could slot into where Jason Zucker is, but that's a dangerous game of starting to move out. Sure. NHL pieces for young guys that you don't know how they're going to adjust to the NHL level. So that, I mean, that's a dangerous game, but that's just the only thing that I can really see them trading around right now. I mean, I might be completely missing something, but it doesn't seem like the Pittsburgh Penguins are, are very much, in trade talks with anybody for anybody at this point. Maybe a backup goaltender because, I mean, Casey DeSmith is, uh, he's struggling, but I think they give him another shot, obviously, because he's earned it. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely earned it. He at least deserves the chance to attempt to collect his first win. If we hit five and that doesn't come around, okay, maybe we pull the plug. Or figure Mm -hmm. something out. I don't know. That's We get it. Backups aren't supposed to be the good goalies, but Jesus. (laughs) Make a save. Yeah. So, uh, to finish off this game, obviously, in the third period, the game was tied at one, and then Danton Heinen gets the game-winning goal in the third period. A nice little play off a rebound 
Finally, the Penguins were starting to get rebounds. They were starting to get second chances on Connor Hellebuck. And Danton Heinen is able to take advantage, make it a 2-1 to -one game about halfway through the third period. And the Penguins were able to hold it pat the rest of the game. Jake Gensel as an empty netter. Tristan Jari gets an assist on that one. So a nice little added boost for him to end the road trip. And Jake Gensel now goals in five straight games. He's certainly heating up. He has eight on the year now. Five in a row. This is what we wanted. This is what we've yep. been waiting for. The old one of the one of the two that we said, hey, we, they need to step up in the time of Crosby and Malkin absence. Well, Crosby's back, and he seems to be getting there. He's kept collecting his speed. Still capping. He had a good little good little bump, mm -hmm. but uh, at least he's picking up assists. He's got like 11 points this yeah. year. It's nothing totally god-awful. <laughs> but Gensel, for a little while, I mean, we just didn't know what was going mm -hmm. on there. No, no scoring. He scored in his first game, but uh, no goals to follow for, I think, like, six or seven it's quite a few yeah. but now he's gone five straight so yeah he's back where we want him we don't expect him to be like the league's goal leader or anything just no not maybe the not teams. this season with what Ovechkin and dry sidle and even freaking andrew mangiapani in calgary you're doing yep. yeah no it's but at least maybe this team's goals yeah. leader and we don't expect that many goals from this team shockingly if when you look around at things, I mean, we don't expect us to possess the the three or four 30-goal scorers. Mm -hmm. We can. We absolutely can. It's just a matter of that turning around. But um, we like seeing the spread. We like having everyone contribute. That has been the name of the Penguins mm -hmm. game. If you, it's, not, it's not like Edmonton where it's, hey, they have these two very good players and then there's just a drop-off. <laughs> It's, hey, it's a gradual decline down the lineup. Everyone contributes somewhere. Yeah, and I'll have to actually look into it. It's been a while since I believe a defenseman has actually scored a goal for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Just thinking about that now, I feel like it's been a little while. But I'll, I'll double-check that after we get off this recording. But uh, Gensel was the best Penguin all night. He had several chances, including one in the first 30 seconds of the game where he dished it over to Sidney Crosby. And for the most part, Connor Hellybuck was able to shut him down most of the night. I mean, Gensel waited till Hellebuck was on the bench to be able to pot in that empty netter. But still, they all count the same. And also, Jake Gensel, for the third time in what seems like three weeks, just completely truck-sticked a goaltender. Come on. There we go. Got to find that mute button. I don't know why I'm hitting it today. It's quiet <laughs> here. Um, yeah, I saw someone posted a thread of every time he's done it this season and it's been quite a yeah lot. he did it to i believe jacob markstrom of calgary he definitely did it on monday and then he did it one other time and i can't remember but he is uh he's he driving in an hard. overtime once didn't yeah he? it was an overtime because we took a penalty yeah that was against yeah, florida he's... because i was yeah it was against florida in overtime we killed it and then we won uh, in a shootout oh yeah it was that game um yeah, I mean, hey, crash the net, drive the net, don't take a penalty, Yeah, I right? mean, he did. I mean, most of the goal, <laughs> I think one of the, someone was asked about it. I forget which goalie now. It may have been Bobrovsky. It might have been. Was asked, and he said, nothing, no harm, no foul. It's, you know, you're playing a hard game. It's part of the sport. Yeah. I mean, maybe Kensel's doing it a little more often than normal, but it is still part mm. of the game. Even in, you know, like, I play deck hockey now, you remember playing with Chris. He still, you know, doesn't know how to stop while running sometimes. <laughs> so I've seen him run a goalie over so or two. 
or three or four. So it's a thing that just happens in the yeah. game. So it's totally normal. You just got to play it safe. And as long as there are no ill intentions there, I don't see an issue with it. And as long as no one's getting hurt, again, no mm-hmm. issue. Just don't make it a penalty. Don't make it an issue. And do it to Jordan Bennington one time, please. I don't know. Jake Ensel might be hitting, hitting the head with a stick if that happens. But, uh, no, uh, still nice to see him score, get five straight games going. And Tristan Jari was also fantastic all night. We already mentioned that, especially early on. He stood on his head and kept the Penguins in it when the team wasn't necessarily playing its best and let the team get their chance to get their feet underneath them. And that's why the Pittsburgh Penguins were able to come out with their third straight victory. Jari made 30 saves on 31 shots on Monday. A couple of big ones against Nikolai Ehlers, Andrew Kopp, and P.L. Dubois. It would have been a couple of great opportunities, but it seemed like he missed the net every single time on Monday. But uh, the Penguins, <laughs> that is their first win this season, as we mentioned, after giving up the first goal of the game. That now makes them 1-5-1. and So we're moving on up, Horwat. We're moving on up before the Pittsburgh Penguins finally getting that win. And that ends a... Three-game road trip in Canada, three wins, 3-0-0, outscoring opponents 11-1 in those games. A couple other tidbits. Tristan Jari stopped 80 of 81 shots on this current road trip as he played in all three games. He moves up, I mean, the entire team moves up in the standings to fifth in the Metropolitan Division. And even though it is early, even though it is American Thanksgiving, the Penguins are back in a playoff spot as of right now. After the, the beginning of the season they had, we're about a quarter of the way through now, and the Penguins still sitting in a playoff spot. That's pretty close mm-hmm. to ideal. That is, um, We're nearing that point of the year where it's, all right, make or break yeah. time. Either this is where you're going to be, or you fire your coach and go on a run. Mm-hmm. We're hitting that season. It's, But again, we're hitting that season, and not too many other teams are making trades yet, so... This is going to be an interesting little run for the league, and as for the Penguins, yeah, being in this, being in a playoff position now, it is the closest to ideals we're going to get at this moment, and we'll take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, I mean, a couple yeah. quick questions here, miscellaneous discussion questions that we we're going to throw out here on Thanksgiving. First and foremost, how big was this road trip for the Penguins? That was huge, huge. Uh, Montreal, sure, not good, missing two of their future Hall of Famers, probably. Um, but beating them decisively like that was huge for the morale within the locker room, huge for getting an important win like that under the belt, huge to bring the fan base back into it. Pulling into Toronto on Hockey Night in Canada on a Saturday night, uh, shutting them out, making them look not silly, but just playing a, playing a good hockey game, period. That's how that game looks. 2 nothing, good victory, two shutouts in a row. And then we go to... Winnipeg, where it's another hot team, but like I said before, they were coming off of a two-game losing streak at the time. But still, they were—they're still a team that can hurt you in more ways than one. And Tristan Jari played phenomenally again. Gave one up. Who cares though? We got the win, and the team just is starting to look yeah. better. That's what the—that's we've been looking for. The two games at the beginning of this road trip. I mean. You play Montreal, you absolutely blow the doors off Montreal, which you love to stack a couple of those nice blowout victories. It gives your team a lot of confidence, especially early on in a road trip. Give your team a little bit of confidence. Give them a little bit of life going into the rest of the travel. Get a big win on on Saturday night, Hockey Night in Canada, at Toronto. That's huge for the team's morale. Obviously, Sidney Crosby and Chris Letang and all those Canadian players love playing in the big lights, bright lights in Canada. 
you see the jerseys that Canada just had out. I can't wait to hopefully probably get a Sidney Crosby one. Honestly, one of the uh, one of those black Canadian jerseys. They're beautiful. But uh, nonetheless, nice win. And then being able to finish it off against the Winnipeg Jets was also really uh, a really good move for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And why this road trip was important, we mentioned it at the outset last week. We both said, you know, maybe what this team needs, now that they're at full health, minus Evgeny Malkin, of course, maybe what this team needs is a road trip. Spend some time on the road. Spend some time away from their families. Get on the road. Get around the team. Meet everybody a little bit more and start to kind of play as a unit. It's what we saw. I mean, it's a short road trip. The first game was last Thursday. They're already back in Pittsburgh for a, a game against the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, that was ended up being last night, but uh, we're recording this before that game. But it, it was a good road trip for the Penguins, and it's something that we're going to see if they can build upon, and if they can, they're going to keep moving up the standings. Yeah, and Vancouver's what? Not no, Vancouver's having an awful remember. season. <laughs> okay. Good. Nice. All right, we need another little easy one like that. Bring it home for bring it home for the Thanksgiving holiday, and then it's off to New York, yep. correct? They're the 26th. Islanders right. on Friday, and then Saturday night they play the Canadiens once again. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um Oh, we're back-to-back? -back? Uh, I believe so, yes. Oh. Okay. So we're going to see right. Casey DeSmith at the end of this yep. week at some point. Uh, probably. Uh, a lot more to discuss I was about Monday. to say, probably on, uh, probably on Saturday against the Habs, I would think. But yeah. you never know. That would make the most sense. But... I do have one more question for you, Horwat. Um, are you concerned yes. at all? Because I'm getting a little concerned. I'm going to start this by saying I'm a little bit concerned about what I'm seeing, but are you concerned at all that Brian Rust has been scoreless since the opening game against the Tampa Bay Lightning and his only goal was an empty net goal? Does that concern you at all right now? To be fair, I didn't notice. Really? Huh. I have not noticed that. Well, now that I know that, kind of, but we've also seen Rust do this before. We have, yeah, a couple seasons ago. The issue this year is it's a contract year. I mean, that's an issue Eight. for him. <laughs> yeah. And if you're the Penguins, well, you're like, eh, that number's going down. It's an issue for him, and oh, here, oh, no. Uh, the seed has been planted in my head. Hey, Brian Rust isn't doing well. He's in a contract year. Screw Jason Zucker being on the trade block. Brian Rust, well, come on Yeah, down. I don't know. I feel like he still carries a little bit more value being a guy that's uh, he does. over a 20-goal scorer the last couple of seasons. Yeah, but now that that season planted in my head, I'll be keeping an eye out for it. But for now, you know, I didn't notice. So I guess it wasn't a concern at the moment. But now that you've said it, it's something I will be watching for and looking for. How many assists does he have? Because again, uh, this... let me double check that. But he also remember he he did miss some time during this game. He missed some time. He I just remember that too. You're right. Let me uh, let me pull it up um, really quickly. But I mean, still the fact that he hasn't beaten an actual goaltender to me, a little bit nerve wracking. But at the same time. That whole first line has kind yeah, of struggled a little bit. It is not One ideal. goal, seven so assists, you... and 11 games played. Hey, in 11 games, that's not terrible. You do expect more, and, <clears throat> you know, maybe he just needs his time to get there. I don't know. It's I straight up just didn't realize mm -hmm. that, but uh, it's something that I will be watching out for now. Yeah. I mean, as long as he's – it's similar to what – somebody asked me a question on that stream on Monday, and it was a Jets fan saying, is Blake Wheeler a liability or an asset? Because he has not scored at all this year. And I was like, well, it depends what he's doing. 
And if he's making small plays, like he was forechecking on the one, uh, one, one play, and I said, you know, if he's doing stuff like that and he caused an opportunity, and it's the same thing with Brian Rust. If he's forechecking well, if he's creating some space, if he's doing things like he did for Sidney Crosby in the opening period of the Montreal game, setting up an easy tap-in goal, then it's not an issue. But it's something that we need to keep an eye on because Brian Rust is paid to score goals. And we said that he might be a 30-goal scorer this year. This might be the first time that he cracks 30 goals. As of right now, he is yet to beat an actual goaltender. So a little bit a little bit concerned. That That's where I stand right now. But we'll see how he plays as the, the games progress here. That's fair. I mean, the, your answer for the Blake Wheeler thing is fairly accurate for uh, Brian Rust as well. Is What is he doing away from the puck then? Which Brian Rust is doing good things away from the mm-hmm. puck, I think, from yeah. what I remember. He hasn't had a bad season per se. He just isn't scoring. And also that question came from a Jets fan because, I mean, Blake Wheeler is coming off a minus 17 yeah, season. Yeah, that's also true. But, uh, so you know, plus minus is what you make of it. But once you get to, you know, I think we said, what, 15 in each direction? That's when you start saying, oh, okay. That's, it's, start, that's actually starting to say something about the way you play the game. Because yeah. you can be a um, minus two and just be very unlucky. And every time you step on the ice, the other team gets a really good opportunity. It's not your fault. But, like, once you get to minus yeah. 16, minus 17, that's starting to be a little indicative of the way you play the game. Once you get into green jacket territory, you got to start yeah, worrying. exactly. So... Uh, a good win for the Pittsburgh Penguins. A good road trip for the Pittsburgh Penguins in Canada. They continue. Of course, everybody that's listening to this has already seen them play the Vancouver Canucks the night before Thanksgiving. But this weekend, they do have a couple more games. They play, who do we mention? The uh, the New York Islanders first game at UBS Arena for the Penguins on Friday. And then they take on the Montreal Canadiens. I believe that is at home. So back at PPG Paints Arena. So we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we'll finish this episode like we finish every Single Thursday episode, shout-outs and call-outs right after the break. The NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection, however they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in a net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network and DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds and opportunities. Horat, we're doing shout-outs and call-outs, and because it's Thanksgiving, I'd like to start with my call-out. Are you, are you all right with that? That's perfectly fine. Always end on the good uh, I mean, 
yeah, really start end on a good note, but I want to start out talking about Thanksgiving football. Thanksgiving football this year is not good. Again, I think this, I think you had the same call. I out did, last year. and I mean it's it's hard. Last year, at least, I mean this year, at least, we get the Dak Prescott led Dallas Cowboys instead of whoever it was last year, Cooper Rush or Dalton. Was it Andy Dalton? It was Andy Dalton. Was it? Or was he hurt? Or was he himself hurt? At uh, he, he might have been hurt. But, I mean, joke's on us because Andy Dalton might be starting for the Chicago Bears in the 12 o'clock slot against the Detroit Lions. I don't know how Justin Fields is doing after last week when he got injured. But Chicago Bears, Detroit Lions, neither team really ha- has a snowball's chance in hell in making the playoffs. The Bears have put two of the most boring games back-to-back in the last two weeks. One on Monday night against the Steelers. And one, I believe they had a bye. And then they played the Baltimore Ravens, and it took until the last two minutes of the game for anybody to score a touchdown. So both teams are a snooze fest this year. So that game is going to be crappy. Uh, this is the Lions' best chance to win a game the rest of the season, though. If they lose on Thanksgiving, they might go 0-16-1 this year, which is pathetic. It's not, not, well, it's winless, but it's not the uh, 0-16. Technically, you have credit for half a win in that tie. Hell yeah, and you take that. I mean, if you're the Lions, you definitely do. But uh, the the next game on the slate is the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Dallas Cowboys. This is going to be the best game of the day. But again, still, the Cowboys probably going to blow out the Raiders because they're a decent team, but at the same time, I don't think they're in the class of the Cowboys this year. I mean, we'll get to see Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb probably connect for too many yards, but it's not going to be a close game in my opinion. And then, of course, the nightcap. The Buffalo Bills, who two of the past three weeks have lost to inferior, I wouldn't say inferior opponents about the Colts, but they lost to the Jags two weeks ago or three weeks ago. They barely beat the Dolphins two weeks ago at home, and then they got absolutely blown out and gave up five touchdowns to Jonathan Taylor last week. So the Bills, hapless, take on the New Orleans Saints, who are led by Trevor Simeon and are missing their best player in Alvin Kamara. So three games... One maybe good game in the middle of the day, but for the most part, Thanksgiving football is still really bad this year. And I do remember calling it out last year. So, uh, yeah, back-to-back years, my call-out on Thanksgiving week goes to the uh, NFL slate on Thanksgiving Day. I think last year made a lot more sense because the Cowboys were bad. The Lions have always been bad. And damn it, this damn tradition that automatically there's going to be two bad teams at least. Well, the Cowboys. At least the Cowboys. Yeah, the Cowboys are good this year. Last year. This year, the Cowboys are a little better, but it sucks they got the dinner game. That's the one everyone's eating during. Yeah, but they always do. They always play at 4 o'clock. Ah, ah, no one sees it. Everyone's eating. Yeah, why don't why not put that one at noon? Nobody wants to watch the, the Lions. Put them at 4. Time change? Oh, wait, the Lions play... Ugh, time change situations. I don't know. We live in the East, clearly. Yes. Um, maybe it's not the dinner game for the West Coasters, but anyway... Uh, and then that closing game, the leftover game, yeah, that's that's not the fun one. That's the one the Steelers usually play in whenever they're well, on. Yeah, yeah, because they usually don't play the uh, the Cowboys or the Lions on Thanksgiving. Can they get that NBC game? Yeah. I mean, uh, the last one, I re- oh, no, never mind. That. They played the Houston Texans on Christmas Day, I believe. I don't remember. but uh, Yes, because I think I was on a plane for it. They just They were just on Thanksgiving not that long ago, though, I thought. Yeah, yeah, I can't think of it, though. But um, you know, no, that's gonna be that's gonna be bad. So if you're listening to this before those games kick off, do yourself a favor and probably just watch a replay of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. It's probably gonna be more entertaining anyway. 
Hey, it's back in person. This that's year. good. That, that's a, that's a, back with a crowd. That's this a bonus. Year, I that is a bonus. So Horwat, what is I'll, your call out? Totally quote me on that. Uh, my call out. We're talking about crowds. I'm gonna talk about the Grammys because my oh my, every year does this just get worse? <laughs> it, first of all, it's all just a money thing. I think we should all realize that it is all just a money thing. You can do award shows it through is the multi-millionaires. Mail. <laughs> it, 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 this one will be in person yeah. this year. Um, it's just multi-millionaires giving other multi-millionaires more money to win <clears throat> to win some gold. So be it. It's the way every award show is. I've stopped watching award shows recently, mm-hmm. and it's my life has become so much more like stress-free. Mm-hmm. I just been tacking on with other stressful things. But this one, I just wanted to talk about because I do anytime an award show comes around, I do like at least looking at the nominations to see what um, see who's signing some big paychecks. First of all, the big four of uh, the nom- of the categories are up to 10 nominations this year. That's too many. I mean, there's barely there's could, barely 10 out al- good albums that come out a year. Like that that exactly. level of album, I, not not just good, but like that level. It's all about the paycheck you yeah. sign. I recently learned that it really is just all about all about the paycheck you sign. Um, but I could one of the categories is best new artists, which I'll get into even deeper in a second. I don't think I could name 10 new artists that are deserving of an award this year. Mm, no this is just a bad year to come out for music to be fair you're coming out of a pandemic yeah every, and everybody and, that was you know everybody else in the industry had the entire pandemic to write music so they're all coming out with new music and then taylor yeah, swift's like so i'm it, coming out with old music but it seems like new music and i'm gonna make twice as much money on it and she's gonna win more yes. awards from it but um the one thing i do want to harp on the grammys a little more for one of their categories like i said is best new artist Tell me why in the world one of the one of the nominees for Best New Artist is Phineas, who, if you're not familiar, is Billie yeah. Eilish's brother slash producer, who has been producing his own music since 2016. His own music? His own music. I don't know. Maybe maybe put, new to the, the mainstream? Now, he put an album out this year, his first quote-unquote album. It is nine songs of music that he has already made since 2016. Mm-hmm. I looked into it. He has also already won eight Grammys. Yeah, as a producer for Billie Eilish. That's not a new okay. artist, though. All right. Every year this happens. I think Lizzo was up for new artist not that long ago, too. And she, her song got popular like four years after it yeah. came out. She didn't win. I don't remember, at least. But still, it's just, you're, you. no wonder you have ten spots. Yeah. True. <laughs> All I know is that he's won eight Grammys before. He's been making music since 2016. That's not mm-hmm. new. That's also not new in the Grammy yeah. world. He's the he gave he is the one that gave the speech, the one year Billie Eilish swept mm. it. He gave one of the yeah. speeches, one of the accepted speeches. I don't know. That's not a new artist. Fair. Next. Fair. Uh, so let's move over to shout outs. Uh, before we do that, uh, I'm obviously my shout out is going to be some jerseys. I do like the the Canadian Olympic jerseys. I think that's amazing. But uh, my other shout, my actual shout out goes to the New Jersey Devils and their new, their first third jerseys, which I didn't know. I mean, I knew they stuck with the same design for the longest time. I mean, you notice the only thing that ever gets different with them is they have the like Christmas jerseys, but that's the only difference. This is their first third jersey and their fans absolutely hate it. Uh, It says jersey across the front side, which... You know what? Yeah, there's there's the jokes of like, oh, well, glad to know that that's a jersey. Like, thanks for labeling it. So but good. it makes sense, though. I mean, if you ask somebody from New Jersey, you know, where are you from? They say, oh, we're from Jersey. 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 I, I'm not going to try to, like, I'm, I'm bad at that accent. They, sh- 
That's how they should have spelled it. J O Y S E E. Yeah, that's how they should have spelled it. But I like it. I mean, I like the little red tint to it. I like the all black. I like the fact that they put those stripes on, which I understand is similar to the Chicago Blackhawks 2019 Stadium Series one. But they actually did it for a reason. The five stripes on the shoulder go for the five players that have their number retired in the New Jersey Devils organization. And how are you really going to diss on a jersey created by Martin Brodeur, the greatest player in your franchise's history? The fans of New Jersey are not happy about it. I'm excited to see it. I think they're wearing it 13 times this season, which is a heaping helping of a New Jersey. But uh, I enjoyed it. I know I'm in the minority, but I enjoyed it. Also, uh, Team USA just put out their Olympic jerseys. Oh, they did? And they are uh, their duty. They're bad. They're, uh, they're oh, poo-poo. No. Um, definitely would rather, 10 out of 10, would rather get a Canadian Olympic jersey than an American Olympic jersey looking at this. So... Oh, come on. You got to put up a whole video yeah, about it? Yeah, I have a screenshot at the 25-second mark. You see all three. Oh, goodness yeah, no, it, it's gracious. Yeah, not good. Okay, first of all, that blue one is a Finland jersey. It is. Yeah, the the, the dark blue with the uh, black striping is a Finland jersey. <laughs> the Oh, I was talking about the light blue one. <laughs> no, that's what it is. Sorry, the light blue. I mean, it, it's still yeah, dark the, comparatively to regular. The, the white one, it, I... I swear I've seen, like, rugby players wear that. I was about to say, this This looks like something you would get at American Eagle. You may as well toss a collar on that white one and call it a long-sleeve golf shirt. Yes. Yeah, no, it's bad. And, the, and we're keeping the old K-Swiss logo. Love it. Okay. Damn it. I, wa- I wanted to get a USA jersey this year, too. I was going to get an old uh, Or you could just get a Team Canada jersey. I didn't like those. I much. loved. I liked the the black one. I, you know, I liked all three of them actually. Uh, it's fair, but anyway, to the back to the New Jersey jersey jersey. The New Jersey jerseys jersey. Um, yes. Yes. Uh, I also don't hate it, but I do hate the fact that it is a new that is a it is a New Jersey Devils sweater. Um, just because hey, we they've been begging for a black jersey for how long? You got one. Oh, we hate it. Take it back. Take it back. Take it back. Um, I think they could have done better. I don't hate it as a sweater itself. If it was just like a beer league team, hell yeah, it's the coolest one. Just, yeah. But it, it it's just something awkward about it. I, think. I don't know. I, I like, I'm never going to buy it. For one thing, I don't think there, I mean, no, I was about to say, I don't think there's a player I'd want a jersey of from them, but I do really like Jack Hughes and Dawson Mercer, but. And you know, they're going to make Broder ones of this. They make Lemieux ones of all. That's true, but at the same at the same time, I mean, I don't know. I I thought it was nice when you're going to a third jersey. It's different, and I mean, a a lot of New Jersey fans they haven't ever had a third jersey. They haven't ever had an all black jersey, and uh, their hopes and their expectations were probably a little bit too high. But I think, I mean, coming from somebody who didn't have any expectations because I didn't even know they were coming out with a third jersey, I like it. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't hate it. I, I, I just feel like it could have been executed better. Um, I mean, we say that about almost every jersey. Also, the font. What? Come up with something cooler than just cursive. I mean, it's a, it's a. I like that. I don't mind I don't it. Know. I, I thought it looked good. I don't hate. It. I do like wording. I do like wording just straight across the chat, like baseball style. I do like that. But like, I feel like it, it's good. It could have just had an extra, an extra step and an extra little oomph to get it over the hill for me. I don't hate it. Well, we'll see what it looks like when it goes on better. Ice. I don't like sure. when people I judge say, it like, based on 
a picture with a white background because I'm like that you're ne- that's never gonna look like that. You're right, and you mentioned that um, you're definitely in the minority of liking it. I'm definitely in the minority of enjoying it. I do love all of the jokes and memes that have come. Yeah, from uh, it. the the joke that the devils actually went along with and said we might put this out oh, and it's a hat. I was like, that hat. is actually a nice hat. That's good. I I would buy that's that so hat if, if they added out. That would be my podcasting hat because just you know, that's yeah. That's the other thing too. The devils are they have a good little social um, media social media team. Uh, we, Neil Villapiano has talked about it many mm-hmm. a time, but even long ago, there was one April Fool's Day. It's where I got the my deck hockey name from when they changed their name to the New Jersey Angels. Mm-hmm. I said, that's a brilliant idea, and I snapped the logo and used that for my deck hockey jersey for, like, five mm-hmm. years. So they've been doing this for a while. And at first, whenever I saw it, I was like, is this a joke? Because they're, like, known to do shit like mm-hmm. this. But... You know what? I don't totally hate it. It just could have yep. been better. All right, Horwas. Horwas. Horwat, send us home <laughs> with your shout-out. Oh, that's right. I haven't done my shout-out yet. <laughs> <laughs> that one went on for a yeah, minute. That, that was like Jersey talk always does, tweet. Oh, because it's such a polarizing topic in this fucking landscape we're in. Um, but I'll make mine kind of quick because I'm just shouting out Peter Jackson and I haven't seen it yet because it comes out on Thanksgiving. The work he did on the Beatles Get Back documentary, three parts on Disney Plus, taking hours and hours and hours. I think it's like a couple hundred hours of footage from the recordings of that album from 1969 that basically he wanted to make the original Let It Be documentary better. By God, so far it looks like he's doing it because... This was the most tumultuous time in the Beatles' legacy, if anybody knows anything about this damn group. Um, it should be fun. Paul McCartney's already said it's way better than the Let It Be doc, and it's just... I'm looking forward to seeing in what everyone knows as the most tumultuous time in the Beatles' legacy, how much fun they still had, because that's what all these previews have looked like. These are just guys having yeah. fun. Yeah, there's that little port part where George leaves, but <clears throat> everyone is aware yeah. of that. It's going to be interesting to see. I love behind-the-scenes music stuff, too. Like, I'm super amped to see just... Anytime I see a video, it's like, hey, here's us just sitting in the recording studio. Like, I'm fully invested. Take all my money. <laughs> Thankfully, I am already paying for Disney+, Plus, so I will be able just to watch yeah. this. Um, it's probably how I will kill uh, Thanksgiving rather than watching the 8 o'clock game. Well, yeah, that's, that's probably a, a better idea, to be completely <laughs> honest. But... That's going to do it for this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back on Monday to break down all three of the Pittsburgh Penguins games that will happen between this very moment of recording and that moment of recording on Monday morning. But we'll see you guys next week. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Have a good weekend, Pens fans. You can follow us on Twitter at NickHorwat41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts from, so please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Every team, everywhere.